Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and it looks like our reign of beautiful weather is coming to an end. We're going to get some winter, some snow, but it's got to come sometime. We've had uh, a beautiful autumn, fall, right up until now and uh, dumped my flowers out yesterday and <laughs> they still looked unbelievable. Like It was just like the petunias and everything, even the potato vine. I was surprised still. Right there, the only thing that froze were the canna lilies, and uh, I had some big banana leaf things that were, uh, they got the frost there a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, everything else, honestly, if if we weren't getting this minus seven come up, and I bet you the petunias, it could even probably go through that and still be okay. And uh, so, anyways, great season for that so if you think about it you probably if you planted you got june july august september all of october so you had five months of flowers so i think pretty good money well spent for everybody hopefully they they got that long as you looked after everything fertilized and uh man it makes a difference and uh yeah anyways great season and now we're heading into fall and we still have a good selection of some perennials, some great shade perennials left, some beautiful big hostas. So if you're looking to add a few hostas and stuff, still have a good selection, and they've uh, dropped in price considerably. And uh, so trying to get rid of some stuff for the end of the season, and then we don't have to tuck it away for winter and uh, winterize them, and we'd rather see them go out to some gardens. And also bulbs. Still time to, and this is, it's almost been too warm to plant bulbs, but now with this cooling off, it's perfect weather. Um, it's going to, ground's going to cool off. We're going to be getting cold. Like we're getting minus 15 and coming up this week, minus 10 to 15. And even compared to Edmonton, where it's only going down to minus eight ish, according to the weather. But as we know, that isn't always that correct. Um, those guys, uh, have the unfortunate job of trying to predict something that jumps around very quickly. So anyways, we'll see what happens this coming week and with the weather. But if you haven't planted any bulbs, still a great selection. And unfortunately, bulb sales in probably most garden centers have dropped considerably. We used to have a huge section of them. It's just people aren't planting. Is Everybody wants the more instant but this is something where you plant them now and then you got to wait November, December, January, February, March, April, maybe they start coming up. So you're waiting six, seven months before you see what you planted. So um, I know my wife, Carolyn, planted a bunch of garlic in our raised bed. So I'm going to see how that goes We in a raised bed. And, uh, and as soon as we planted them, the magpies were in there trying to dig them out. So we'll see how that goes um, with that. And, uh, yeah. And still lots of blue jays out there coming and, uh, and getting the peanuts. And uh, so lots of good stuff going on. So if you're looking to plant some bulbs, actually all the bulbs, we just went 75% off. So, And we have bags of those mixed, that deer-resistant mix. We have quite a few bulbs left, so. If you are looking for some bulbs, there's a smoking good deal on those right now, 75 off. So 
good time to plant some. I think I might even try and do some of that. <laughs> but the one thing I do recommend if you're planting bulbs in in our area is try to find a nice sunny location that gets sun early spring. So that way they can come up when the air is still cold. They That's where bulbs do good, where it warms up, but not into summer. So if you try and put them in a shady spot or something like that, they just they just don't do that well. Um, what if they come up when the daytime temperatures are sort of over that 15, 20, they just don't bulbs seem to do great in that five to 10 or five to 15 degrees. Like your tulips are going to be nice and crisp. They stand up good. So if you are doing anything like that, um, just plant them in a clumps, find a couple of real sunny spots that you have in your yard and uh, plop your bulbs in and go from there. And, uh, Speaking about plopping in, I got Terry Kemper has joined me. Good morning, Terry. Hey, good morning, Merle. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing okay. A little tired, a little sore. I was actually planting bulbs last night um, <laughs> with the, nice. you know, like the minor camping light you, you strap onto your forehead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was... <laughs> it, You're doing it, that. It's, it's kind of a rite of, of passage for me. It's kind of like... Uh, um, you know, some people insist on going to uh, the mall on Christmas Eve. Yeah. As soon as there's snow coming, I I, I know <laughs> that I need to get things in the ground. I'm like, it's coming, it's coming. I know, I know, I know. And then uh, it's the 11th hour. I'm like, <clears throat> okay, I actually, I have to do this. I have no choice. So yeah, I was out last no. night planting bulbs uh, till, uh, I don't know, probably 10 o'clock last night. <laughs> oh, nice. Did you have your auger going? I had the auger going. I couldn't nice. imagine doing it without the auger. It's the auger, big. and this is a drill bit. We sell them at the store as well. Like they're, it's a drill bit that you just hook into your cordless drill or regular drill, and it's just like drilling nice, perfectly round holes in the ground that you can just plop your bulbs in. So it makes planting bulbs so much easier. And uh, so if you're looking to do some bulb planting, yeah, uh, it's as recommended by Terry. <laughs> but it also it's nice because it grounds up the. The, the soil for you as well. It's sort of like when we auger holes when we're planting trees. It's always right. nice when, you, when you're using an auger because it does grind it up. It almost comes up really nicely um, screened loam almost. It's perfect. And it just makes it nice for backfilling. But same when you're planting the bulbs. But it's, it's just nice. You can just go down and away you go. So, yeah. So what kind of bulbs did you plant? Uh, I put in uh, some daffodils. Uh, yeah. some, uh, some white daffodils and uh, some the uh, species tulips. So these are the ones that naturalize. So those bulbs tend to be quite small. Okay. Um, we had a uh, we had a, a bag of two at the store here that were sort of a mix of yeah. uh, about four or five different varieties of those. So um, <clears throat> they're kind of known also as sort of the rock garden tulips as well. So they yeah. naturalize. They come back year after year and multiply. But the bulbs oh, cool. themselves and the flowers are on the smaller side, so not the traditional, you know, big tulip. Um, yeah, so they kind of fit into the rock garden look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. No, that's. I am debating. I gotta. Maybe I'll go today and find a couple spots and uh, and uh, and do that. My my son's uh, Eagles Philadelphia Eagles fan, so I made that. The ritual a couple of weeks ago, I, we cooked Philly cheesecakes. So I got the request. He got back from Olds College. I said, Hey, how about cheesecakes again? And he goes, Sure. So now we're kind of 
I think I've started something, but I think I don't mind it either. So that's kind of fun. So yeah, <laughs> Philly cheese steaks and some football, and uh, we'll see how that oh, all goes. Yeah, and we got a, a great text from it says morning. I've dug this cannoli out of its pot. Couldn't believe how huge and heavy it was. Please tell me exactly what to do so I can store the bulbs over winter. That is it, absolutely it's it got huge. I myself would leave that out, and I guess probably not if it gets below the minus five. But I'd let that try to download as much as you can, and uh, and let it dry out and and bring it inside if it's going to get that minus five. But during the day, if you just try and let those bulbs dry out, would you separate all those Terry into try to? see what if there's more bulbs inside there or what do you think yeah i probably would I'd do that now um maybe take the hose to it clean off some of that dirt on there uh yeah. and just investigate that a little bit more and just see okay yeah either shake them off or and you let's say you use really nice soil so that's great that's why you have such a really good root system. That those were probably a gorgeous cantaloupe, probably nice and big. But I would just yeah bust those apart a bit and kind of see what you have underneath. Shake a bunch of the soil off and just just let it dry completely out. Let it get nice and dry and and shrivel up um, for a week or two. And then I would just put it into a into a cardboard box with either a soil or an old styrofoam cooler. Those are actually even some of the best. And and just put something in there, either like dry cocoa moss, or or just a bunch of newspaper, something that's just nice and dry, and just find the coolest, darkest place you got in your house, and uh, and put that uh, put those bulbs in there, and then let them sit until next. Um, I'd pull them up early March, and uh, and if you're able to plant them in the house somewhere. Plant them about that time, and then you get a bit of a head start and uh, get those babies going. But I, I think it looks good; like it's a great looking bulb. And I found that too. My bulbs went crazy this year. Big root systems, and I think you and I were talking that about that yesterday, Terry. A bit just how nice it was, and uh, yeah, and the, and the season that we had, like it just established so many root systems and of the plants and different things. So yeah, fan- fantastic. Um season i'll, I'll take one of these every year yeah yeah no I, i'm definitely not complaining and and i can remember this a bit more as being a kid i kind of you kind of have flashbacks back to when you're a kid about halloween and trick-or-treating or whatever and i don't ever remember being really really cold the odd time we had a cold but really for the most part and I only trick-or-treated till I was like 18 or 19 years old. So, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, it wasn't that. It was quite a long time ago. But the weather, I don't remember it being super, super cold. I do remember a couple times with my kids taking them out um, a couple times and roaming around the Sundance community. This and man, was it fun. cold a couple times. Yeah, like this yeah. ice and cold. I just remember I had an irate customer because we had just finished up a landscape job and got stuck in between because the weather got really bad at the end of October. I remember I'm walking around trick-or-treating and this lady's yelling at me. And I'm just like, <laughs> come on, give me a break. I wish I'd never answered that call, but, was, you yeah. know. <laughs> Anyways, if you're still out there, hopefully that worked out for you if you're still <laughs> listening to me. Anyways, um, let's, let's move on from that, Terry. Let's go to – we're going to do a commercial break. And if you'd like Great. to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403 
And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we definitely have you covered. If you'd like to join us, we do have a couple callers already. But if you'd like to join us, phone lines are open, 403 974 Love to hear from you. As we are heading into our winter season, and uh, we'll chat about a couple of things. I made a couple of notes of some fall chores that we should probably look at doing, um, especially if you have some tender evergreens, a couple of things that Terry and I will chat about. Right now, we're going to go to Susan. Good morning, Susan. Hi, Merle. Hi there. How can we help you? I have a question about potted hostas. Now, I bought a plant earlier in the year, and I had four pot, four hostas in the pot. Okay. So in, I guess it was August, I transplanted as a, a one big plant into a 20-inch planter. And the thing started to download, but it's still not fully downloaded. It's still a lot of green. Yeah. And so I don't know what to do with it with snow coming in. Should I move it into uh, the unheated garage or should I leave it, it out? For and that's yet? the plan for it? You don't want to, are you going to try and winter it in the pot? I am. Or do you, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I just let it. If it's it's probably starting to download. We just haven't had the cold weather. Like I I have a some of my hostas too are kind of going a bit, but like I said in the front where I had some planters that are undercover, the coleus, uh, fuchsias, begonias, they still like like it's August. It's, exactly. It's it's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing, but I think we're gonna get some of the frost coming up this this week. So I would it won't hurt to leave them. It's not enough to like kill the bulb or anything. Okay. So if you want to let them go through that frost and do the thing, and then and then store them, and and just water them in good, like let them dry a bit, but then water them in just good before you put them in the garage, and then stick them in that dark corner or something. Okay. And, so they're uh, going to be in a. It's not a heated garage, but it is an okay. insulated garage. Should I keep them closer to where the I'll door put them on opens? the ground? Yeah, it is somewhere where it's not. It gets going, it's still going to get down to probably minus two, minus three right. sometimes in the winter, um, which is it, which is totally perfect. It's going to okay. stay nice and cool. It's sort of like Vancouver winter in your garage. So yes, okay. So you'll be okay. Any thoughts on that, Terry? Winter in your your hostas and pots in the garage, or? No, I do exactly that. Leave them outside as, as long as you can, um, and um, make sure it's it's well watered. But uh, yeah, if you pull it in the garage, it's so the snow fine. coming is not going to hurt it then. No, snow's okay. good. <clears throat> nope. Perfect. All right, thank you so much. Right. Yeah, you should be good. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Susan. Bye bye. Yeah, I've only wintered. I've wintered a or the never bloom again hydrangea that all of our reps try to sell us. <laughs> And that we don't bring in anymore, or we've got actually someone snuck a couple in on us this year. They did. And uh, what were what's what's the real name of those? Uh, endless um, summer. Yeah, endless uh, summer. Yeah, so the the uh, macrophylla type um, yeah. of hydrangeas. Yeah. Yeah, they're the ones that go. And we wish they could grow here. They're the nice purple blues, like beautiful. But they bloom the one season, and we call them never bloom again. And it was funny when Terry and I were actually in Chicago on that. We were out there for a garden show. Then we went to a garden center out there. 
and the lady out there, they had a nickname for them too. So it was kind of funny. Like they don't, I think you have to be in Kelowna or somewhere like where it's a bit warmer, like even like in Chicago where they have beautiful plants and they're probably a zone or two ahead of us. They don't do well there either. So it's, it's one that it's amazing the marketing that they push behind that one, because I guess there's a lot of zones that aren't like us zone four or three in the rest of North America. But um, it's amazing the the effort they do push it on that one compared to some of the other nice hardy. I guess it's one with some color, I guess. So, but there was that one, the Ferris wheel one that we've seen at that last show, Terry, that we're hoping that will be hardy here as well. That yeah, was, there's uh, a few there that we saw that, that hold some promise for us. So <clears throat> we'll, uh, yeah, that we'll bright those- red one, the crimson one, I'm hoping that one, it almost felt like it had a fake rubber bloom, like just repel the water. I hope that one is as good as it looks and will perform well here because, man, oh, man, it's awesome. So anyways, where are we at for time? We're good. Let's go to Dave. Good morning, Dave. Hi there. Hey, how can we help you? Well, I got a different question for you. Okay. I had uh, Gerbera daisies on my deck in a huge bucket. And okay. they've developed a massive root system, pretty well filled the bucket. I took yep. everything else out. I still got them in the bucket, and I got them in my greenhouse. But would they winter over? Um, t- hey, Terry, the Gerber daisy, I don't think they do, but... Is there any varieties that will winter that you know of, Terry? Not that I know of. I I kind of consider those as a um, as an annual. But if you've got a greenhouse, I mean, yeah. um, you've got that advantage of you know try it and try it and see. Yeah, it you know it's not heated or anything, so it's going to go down to probably twenty below in the middle of the winter. Yeah. yeah so not... what you can do is bring them in the house though too. Like they make a great house plant. So if you want to repot them, like cut them right back right now maybe let them go a little bit dormant for the next few like week or two and then just repot them into a pot and and see them go yeah would they bloom again oh yeah oh because this thing's got good sized leaves on it okay yeah no just maybe just treat it like a house but bring it in i'd repot it though and then do that she doesn't like bugs (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so it maybe just give it a just turn it upside down, give it a good washing with the with the hose, take and some of the dirt just, and the roots off. Yeah, and just all the any bugs or anything underneath there. Yeah, and and then just transplant it to some nice soil, and uh, bring it in and put it in a nice bright spot and see what it does. Okay, another quick question. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, two amaryllis lilies, and I rested them oh for a couple months over the summer. I brought them up, and within a week, I've got the the flower buds and the stalks. The one's got a two-foot stalk on it already, yeah. and the other one has got a big bud coming. It's also got little baby leaves shooting up the side of the bulb. Yeah, Should and I that's just, normal. Yeah, sure. they 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 will a lot of them depending what how much what nutrients are in the bulb. Yeah. <clears throat> so if it has a bit more nitrogen, it'll send a bit more leaves. If it's a little heavier on the phosphate, you get more of the bloom. So what, that's what, fine. As long as you're getting that big stem coming up the yeah. middle, um, they typically will start getting leaves as well. So Should and and that's the thing. Leaves on the side or just no, just leave them. Yeah, you want to leave those because that's what you. It's good to leave those on because when it's done blooming. They they take all the energy back from the leaves and all that if back, I, and that's what rejuvenates the bulb. If I pulled it out of the pot and peeled them down to the bottom of the bulb, could I plant them and start new plants then? No, oh. no, because it works off a of bulb. 
Okay, so, it's all the ball, but these are just yeah. volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, what it is, and that's sort of the leaf structure of it. So then when it's done blooming, um, you let them grow for a while, like yep. for a month or so, yep. and then then to start letting them dry out, and then all that energy that is absorbed from the into the leaf, and that goes back into the bulb. So when it goes dormant, it has something to come back out when you when you get it going again. Yeah, I threw them in basement, no light on them, and it took them about a month for the leaves to dry down, and yep. chopped them off, and it perfect. Looks like it's going to do the job again. Awesome, good job, Dave. Well, thank you very much. All right, take care. Thank all you right. so much. Bye bye. All right, we got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper as well. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Um, be more than happy to take any of your calls regarding gardening as we're heading into the late fall, early winter season. And uh, I don't. I'm not sure if I'm ready, to be honest. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm a Birkenstock guy too, and I I was wearing them until about Wednesday, and then actually I ended up coming home halfway through the day. My toes were cold, and I'm like, hey, yay, yay, that's not good. So, anyways, we'll have to get you some travel pamphlets and uh, <laughs> get your mind. You have to get those fluffy Birkenstocks eh, with the toe covers. <laughs> no. I had to put some shoes on, be like everybody else, unfortunately. So, all right, let's go to the phone line. We do have Kendra. Good morning, Kendra. Good morning. I have a uh, question for you about a tree. Okay. So, my daughter just moved into her new home out in Mahogany. Okay. And they had planted, I think it's a thunder child crab. Okay. Apple and um, a lovely little furry rabbit. Oh, <laughs> decided yeah, yes. to munch on it. And I'm wondering if there's anything we can do um, to, you know. The best thing to do. Yeah, the best thing to do. And if you caught it early, which is great, is get like an X-Acto knife. Um, and just clean up the wound all the way around, like make a nice sort of square cut all the way around it. Okay. So it's just nice and clean and just clean out any of the shredded bark. And then get a product we have. It's called Lac Balsam. Okay. And it's a bark replacement. Don't use that black tar or anything like that. Um, this stuff is a bark replacement, so it still lets it breathe and everything. Okay. And... It's sort of like doing plastic balsam. surgery. Yeah, LAC, like L-A-C-B-A-L-S-A-M. Yeah. It's out of Sweden. It's just a product we've brought in. I'm not a fan. I do sell some of that tar. I don't, I'm not a fan of it at all, though. Right. Because um, I find it causes more harm than good, and plus it looks not very good. Right. <laughs> so. And and so this this has the potential of working, even though it's like, like a brand new yeah, yep. yeah. Well, that's that's the best time you get if it's going to help heal it, okay. and and do it. But yeah, if you leave it, there's probably a good chance it will die. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then that's what. So and even it. when you yeah. clean it up, and today's probably still a good day if you can get it before it gets too cold. Um, just give it a quick tidy. I know we have it in stock, and then yeah. even if you wanted to spray, like if you have any fungicide, like a, a copper spray or anything. Just even if you mix some of that into a bit of a paste, just put a little bit of the copper spray on there, 
Okay. Any of the crab apples, if it was a gladiator, I wouldn't be as worried as much. They're a little more disease resistant. But some of the other crabs, like um, you'd mentioned, do they, they can get the some of the blights and things like that. So we want to seal this up okay. and sort of like penicillin for it. And then should I give it some Rage Plus as well or no? <clears throat> At this time of year, it's not going to do anything. I would okay. just leave it till next spring. Um, but I would maybe get some stucco wire, or, or we do have some yeah. of the like deer wire, barrier wire. Um, I'd put that around it. Yeah. And uh, we're fortunate. I live in an older neighborhood in the southeast, and uh, we have bobcats that are stirring around the community now. And we okay. don't have, we have very few rabbits. So it's yeah. kind of like Mother yeah. Nature, the influx of rabbits came in, then all of a sudden the bobcats, hey. True, and then they'll move on. Where the yeah, and that's sort of Mother Nature yeah. looking after itself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. All right. Um, but I seen my, I did see one yesterday, and they are the cutest, like, the bobcats. Yeah. Like, the, they have, like, pearl blue eyes. Like, they're just, like, I was like, they're holy very cow, are those things? Yeah. yeah, I was like, wow, is that thing ever cute? Yeah, and, there was and a they young have a one place, was, right? They have a absolutely. place in our ecosystem, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, they look after, this one was trying to chase a squirrel. It was a young bobcat. It wasn't doing very well. The the squirrel was kind of playing with it. Uh, you can't catch me, sort of thing. So, but it was kind of interesting. My daughter and I were driving somewhere. We ended up pulling over to watch this. It was uh, it was kind of fun. So, anyways, good luck with that, and Thank hopefully you. we get some bobcats moving into the mahogany area. <laughs> All, right. All right. Thank you very much. Right. Okay. Bye bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Yeah, that uh, the evolution of life, Terry. Eh? It's uh, it's kind of it's kind of cool how Mother Nature works, and all of a sudden uh, it fixes things all on its own. So sometimes I think where we think we can control the Earth, um, we're 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 very far off. Well, Mother Nature's a very powerful being, and she sure uh, is. Yeah. looks after herself pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, like for us us eating out of a wooden spoon. Isn't gonna <laughs> as much as much as those paper straws are feeling so good. Uh, I don't think we're doing too much. Anyways, that's I'll keep my opinions on my own thing. But that's uh, you can't go to Peter's driving with a paper straw. <laughs> oh God. Anyways, let's. Um, I want to talk a little bit, and um, we have a couple minutes here, Terry. Winterizing our tender evergreens. I just wanted to touch on that. Um, we have a couple anti-desiccants, and I haven't talked about this for quite a while, or we haven't. Um, the wilt proof, and this is like the lip balm for your for your tender evergreens. So if you're you're going out to protect your evergreens, Sarah, like which which ones are you kind of looking to to apply the the wilt proof on? Yeah, so anything that's you know a little um, you know like you don't need to do it for you know spruce and and pine. Um, but th those specialty things that, you know, you've acquired that, um, that you know, that are a little more tender than sort of the rough and tough, you know, blue spruce, um, things that you may have planted a little bit closer to the house, uh, knowing that they need a little extra protection are going to benefit from that will proof application. Yeah. So if you're trying to grow cedars, even the cowrie boxwood is one, um, that will benefit from it. And uh, this going into this weather right now is a perfect time. Water everything in one last time. Apply your wilt proof cedars, some of the upright junipers, your ewes, 
And it's just like putting a lip balm on for your plants. So Yeah, just a little extra protection for the winter. Absolutely. Get, protect those chapped lips. And it's also a product, so if you are buying it, and if you happen to do the, your winter arrangements, your Christmas arrangements in your front pots, if you use that on your wreaths or garlands, um, things like that, you get three or four times the amount of time out of them. It really works really well. Like We treat all of our planters and our arrangements when we custom do them in the store. We treat them with the will proof. And man, it, it works really good. Um, so that is so for your tender evergreens, and then you can use it for your for your winter arrangements. And if you're adding any greenery to your outside, because Calgary is a dry spot, like it's and you realize when you're you go outside, you come back from your holidays, or even right now, you can just feel it. I have a humidistat on my alarm clock for some reason. They put that on there, and you see it in the summer. It was sitting at 45, 50 percent, 40, and now it's down to like 18, 20. 16 so it, it's definitely it's it's going the other way dropping pretty quickly so but we better take a quick break and if you'd like to join us when we return phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on qr calgary welcome back to let's talk gardening i'm Roll coombs and i am here with terry kemper and we're going to be answering all of your gardening questions as best we can. Phone lines are 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text line. So if you have any pictures of you want to share with us of your plants before the frost kicks in um, in the next couple of days, and uh, we're good to go. But it is weird. We were talking about this the other day too, Terry, about just cedars and how you just go a little bit north and then even just a little bit south, you get into the Chinook zone, and it's amazing. Like you get into red deer, all of a sudden you can start growing cedars. Edmonton, they can grow a lot more of that stuff because they just don't get that drying winds that we get that desiccation. Um, and we all love the Chinook when it comes, but uh, it also it's very hard on our plants. So yeah, for sure. Anyways. It's surprising how far we don't how, how we don't have to go that far for to, to see that change in being able to grow them well. No, and it, it's a great thing in Alberta. It's also a bad thing, but you can, like you said, we have such a diverse um, environment in Alberta. Like you go one hour west, you're in the mountains, you go a little bit northeast, and you're in the badlands, you're in like the desert, there's cactus, and, and then south. It's just, it's kind of amazing, Alberta, if you just, if you if you took four hours and just drove, drove in a circle, you could almost hit so many different you'd think you're in a different country yeah. um every every hour almost so it's uh it's it's pretty cool so anyways enjoy take a drive in alberta enjoy it keep our keep our money here help out our our local economy as best we can and uh stop and get that ice cream at that little place uh, he was talking kevin was doing the show on riley alberta and he was just talking about some of the little shops there so Anyways, go to Riley today. <laughs> go for a drive. All right, let's go to Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. Oh, good morning. How I'm, can we help you? I'm calling from Airdrie. I'm a oh, nice. three-year new resident of Alberta coming from Kelowna. Don't Uh-oh. ask me why. <laughs> yeah, three no, and a half-year-old grandson will do it every time possible. Yeah, no chasing the grandkids. I've heard that oh, story yes. a couple of times. You'll you'll anyway, sacrifice al- weather along, or whatever. Um, <laughs> With uh, uh, many plants that we brought, I also brought a little bit of my compost so I could get going on on my compost system in our backyard. Oh, nice. 
And uh, in our walks around Airdrie, I notice not many people actually do home composting. And I'm not sure if the community is here. I haven't actually contacted our local parks about it, although I do talk to them a lot about other things, um, whether there's any specific reasons. That I, I think it's just the weather. I think um, a lot of people do compost, but they, we have the smaller bins and things like that. It's just we have eight months of winter, right? Yep. And and to to put it out there and sit, I think that's part of the reason. Yeah. Like our our gardening comes fast and furious, right? So yeah. there's definitely I, I know we we get a lot of people coming buying compost bins and different things and yeah and yeah. but I do agree with you like it but I I I think that is the main reason it's okay. just well a little it's the weather. Uh, input it's here just, from me I actually compost year round yeah. into one of one of the three bins I have on the go at the time because they're close enough to our okay years and. Uh, I, I get wonderful compost. It probably takes six months. So how do you do it? In, but, so what do, what do you um, do? I'm thrilled with it. And, you know, uh, uh, a common um, discussion is the 100-mile diet, although in Canada it should be 100 kilometer or 125, uh, where yep. you're eating produce grown locally. I yep. look at it and take it a step further and say, let's have our compost right in our own backyard where possible. And Absolutely. then only the things that you don't want to put in your home compost, you put in your green bin. And you think about that, the, the vehicles are not having to come back to a neighborhood so frequently because people are actually uh, putting probably two-thirds of the stuff from their kitchen, not any cooked things or any bones, fat, et cetera. Yeah, no, but, totally agree. If, yeah, if we should yeah. be doing much more. So how do you do your composting? Maybe just give us the, the quick little rundown, maybe well, how you do it. Well, Share my neighbors know I like to collect leaves. So right now I'm busy. I We even have park behind us. So with my mower, I go and mow and collect, shred the leaves. And I keep probably three to four bags um, that I keep aside that I we will okay. use during the growing season so that I have my brown matter. And okay. then whatever green matter I have for you, mostly from the kitchen and just some pruning um, and my grass clippings, I so layer it all in. So what's the rule of thumb in. between green and brown that uh, you like sorry? to do? What's, what's the ratio between green and brown? Yeah, so well, if I dump as it I in recall a bunch of from my books that I've now given away, I believe it's two parts, and that would be in volume, I believe, of brown material to okay. one part green to okay. give you um, efficient composting. Okay. Uh, sorry, I have a degree in agriculture, so I do enjoy getting into the little no, details as well. No, and, and that's why I thought you sound like you, you, got, it, you got it figured out, and you, I think you keep it fairly simple. So um, I'm not looking for a scientific answer, no, so I think and, you gave us a perfect like I, answer. I so. don't, like I don't add any things except on occasion when I haven't kept up with consuming my vitamins, like right now I'm putting some calcium tablets in with the coffee grounds, and they dissolve okay. in the coffee grounds, and I just sort of squish them in among the coffee grounds, and I okay. include them in with that um, compost. So okay. there'll be added calcium available to the plants. Oh, nice. Um, I collect all my... Uh, Eggshells, I rinse them out and dry them and then just break them up with uh, a bottle and I sprinkle those in. 
I know a lot of people like to compost in place. I personally, I may be old school because my degree is from way long ago where I understood that um, the compost procedure involves a lot of bacteria that actually use nitrogen as an energy yeah. source. So if you're p- putting in your um, yet-to-be-decomposed material too close to plants, you are taking away energy that would be available for the p- plants. Yeah, the bacteria absolutely. are using it to do the decomposition. No, and I talk yeah. about that when if they have an arborist that offers them free mulch, I said yeah. never accept it because uh, unless you're going to use it for something else. But if yeah. you're going to put that on your garden, just not where saying, you're growing it, it, lots of plants. And you want <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll take all the all the nutrients out of the soil to decompose. Yeah. Yeah. So I just layer everything <clears> and then I do turn because I have three bins. I yep. only fill it to halfway, and then I will turn it into an empty bin that I've emptied, and then let that brew. And I, I pitchfork it every week, and nice. then um, yeah, I, I get beautiful material. I'm awesome. a little fanatic though that I do chop everything up small in the kitchen. Yeah, but I'm not a smoker. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, so no, that gives you morning, what, gives so you the satisfaction, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just All right. One of well, those thank things. you. Thanks, I did Brenda. Want I to got, ask you a question. Okay, though. I just got to put you on hold because yep. I just I have to take a quick break. So yep. we're just going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening. Welcome back, Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper, and we're just chatting with Brenda. We were talking about a little bit of uh, composting, but now we'll go to your question. How can we help you, Brenda? Yeah, in our neighborhood, a lot of the street trees have uh, oak gall um, infections. Yep or infestations and i'm wondering if there is treatments besides pruning that um will um maybe not eradicate but really slow their their growth yeah pruning is is one of the best ones for that yeah um as it is gone through um and and most time it, it is a cosmetic damage so a lot of municipalities and things don't really worry about it a whole lot because yeah. um, because um, it is well fortunately unfortunately but it it's more of an aesthetics thing I guess so yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of them do not worry and and then you're you're going after um, the wasp as well right so there is a like there is some natural predators that that they try to use um, okay. but pruning pruning is still your best best solution okay yeah all right Hello. All right. Much. Well, thank you so much. Oh, and, and Brenda, I just wanted to mention too, and and I did have a caller at mention too, but and I know we use the green bin program, so I guess um, a lot of people, and then the city does give that back to all of the residents, whoever wants to. And in, in, they, I believe our um, green bin refuse goes to Calgary, but I can't say I see like I go on websites a lot. I can't say I see our Airdrie um, promoting it. Um, so that's we'll talk to your municipal yeah, representative and yeah. see yeah, if I they can start the from when when it's available in Gal- Calgary. And I've always yeah. wondered if I could go down there and and pick some up too. Um, yeah, I don't think they check ID, so I think if someone's willing to go in line, I think they'll yeah. Uh, yeah. they will uh, they'll definitely spread the wealth on that. But right yeah, on. maybe talk to them. maybe they could hire you as a consultant. And help get the Airdrie compost uh, pile going. So I know. I always bug them whenever I see them at public events and so on about well, various good. different things. Thank you very we much. Be, we really should, we should be bugging show. them a bit more. All right. Yeah. 
Bye now. Thanks, Brenda. Bye-bye. Yeah. And uh, is there one in High River, Terry, a, a compost program that you guys use? Or? No, there isn't. Um, no. Not, uh, not as yet. Okay. And I will say I'm going to be having a new product in the store. I'm just trying it out a bit. And uh, and it's a product for composting, but I'm, I'm hoping it's going to work as well for plants. It uh, it helps dry soil out. It's a natural product with zeolite and a couple other things in it, but it also gets rid of fruit flies. So it gets rid of the fungus gnats. It's recycled uh, wood and and cedar, but it has zeolite and a couple other things in it. And it also it, it gets rid of smell and that. And then compost. You can use it in your compost bin, and then also on your plants too. You can just sprinkle on the top of your plant soil, and it gets rid of fungus gnats and that. So. I'm uh, just trying it out a bit, so stay tuned um, for a new product that we'll be having down at Spruce It Up. So I'm looking forward to, to that, and it's a and it's a Canadian, Western Canadian product. So um, I'm excited to see it uh, see it in action here. And like I said, I've just tried it out on a couple of things right now, and uh, hopefully it's going to work as good as I as I hope. So, anyways, let's actually we really don't have time for. Um, another call right now. We will go to uh, Sylvia that right after the break, but we do have a couple texts and uh, (laughs) it's time to pull out my, oh, see, someone else has fur-lined Birkenstocks there, Terry. I just got a picture. It's time to pull out my fur-lined Birks. So there we go. from Gail. Anyways, so they are out there. So maybe I'll have to go on to the onto the, the old Birkenstock site and see if I can get some Eskimo, uh, Eskimo <laughs> Birkenstocks. Hope, yeah. uh, absolutely. All right, well, we got to take a quick break for the news. If you'd like to join us after that, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. And if you'd like to join us, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. And I believe, did we finish up with Brenda or do we need to go back to her? Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Okay, I I, I do remember that was for the other break. All right, let's go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. Uh, Good morning, Merle and Terry. Um, Hi there. Hi. Yes, I have a question about a bougainvillea. Um, I bought one about a week ago, and it's beautiful. It has um, the uh, fuchsia-colored bracts on it. Um, but about a couple of days ago, it started losing the bracts, and the leaves are falling to on it. And um, I just wondered, do they do that when you move them? Or am I doing something wrong? Yeah, they do. They can tend to. They're sometimes like a fig um, sometimes just a change of climate can can do that to them. <clears throat> just watch that you do water them thoroughly, um, um, but dr- them dry in between waterings as well. So when you do water, water all the way through the pot so it comes right. out the bottom if possible. Right. And then and then let them dry in between, but not really dry. Like they'll they'll wilt quite quickly and tell you that they're dry. Yeah. But they they they're one that don't like to stay wet either. They they're oh. more of a cactus. Like they're a they're a drier plant, so they can run a little bit on the dry side. Yeah. So just watch, you know, get them to it. But they do. They have fairly big root systems, so they do like, especially in a pot, 
because they're usually quite an aggressive vine. Right. Um, so they do need um, they do need a good soil base and uh, and ensuring that you're watering all the way through. Also, um, like it's in a south facing window, uh, it's but it only gets about two hours sunlight a day. Um, Is that your brightest to... spot you have for it, or? Sorry. Is that the brightest spot you have yeah, in your house? Yeah, it's a bright window, but it only gets about two hours, uh, maybe two, three hours of sunlight. Um, I was going to put a grow light on it. Do you think that would be beneficial to it? <laughs> it, it definitely wouldn't hurt. I know we have a bougainvillea at, at the store that's hanging up in the greenhouse, and every so often it gets forgotten, or it gets, and it'll drop all its leaves, and then right. all of a sudden they'll, they'll water it, and then it just it seems to just sprout right back up and start blooming again. Well, um, I've never used to grow light before, so um, would would you leave leave it on for about four, three, four or five hours a day? Would you yeah, at least five or six hours. Leave it on for six hours? Yeah. Okay, during the day? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay, Alrighty. I'll try that, and uh, thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, and then just feed it every once a month, 15, 30, 15, and then you should be good. Okay. Thank All right, you so thanks, much. Sylvia. Well, have a good day. Take care. You thank too. You. Bye bye. Bye bye. Um, yeah, you've seen the bougainvillea in the greenhouse, hey Terry. Like every so often, um, it uh, it's hanging there and it's just going like crazy, and then all of a sudden it uh, it maybe gets forgotten once in a while, and it'll just <laughs> dry up and and shrivel, and then it comes right back to life. So um, they give it a little bit of water. So they are fairly um, bulletproof. Um, the bougainvillea, one I love them. They're they're a nice looking vine. And, I'm gonna have to try uh, wish, one some year. I've never taken one home. I've, I've, yeah. I see them at the garden center here, but that's that's my experience with them. It's just at the garden center. So next yeah. year, yeah, just watch. They have big thorns on them, so it'd be okay. good if you if you're using them for summer. <clears throat> Maybe if someone don't want someone to go in a certain room. You have them grow around <laughs> the. <laughs> don't touch this. <clears throat> so, anyways, beautiful plant though, and there is. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. I'm, there is a plant in Calgary. <clears throat> excuse me again. Is the um, the kiwi vine um, the one that gets that pink hue to it? I, I always kind of call it like the Canadian bougainvillea. It's kind of the closest, and I've seen it a couple times. The zoo has a big one on on some of their pergolas and that. And also in the late summer, you'll get a nice pink hue on those kiwi vines and. Uh, so it's something close as we can get to a, a colorful vine that gives you other than the red colors or green um, from the Virginia creeper. So this is something that the, you get a nice pink hue on those leaves and, and they do quite well even in low light. So if you have something that you have a low light area, those, uh, those kiwi vines can do actually quite well. So if you're looking to try it, do you have any of those out there, Terry, in your place or? Uh, I've not tried kiwi. Uh, clematis, yes, but um, kiwi never have tried that. So, uh, one more thing for my list. There you <laughs> I go. Need a bigger, Put that need on a bigger garden. Yeah, no kidding. All right, and then we're gonna go. We're gonna go to Sylvia too. Good morning, Sylvia. Hi. Good morning. Hi. I have, hi. I have five beautiful pots of canna lilies in the garage against okay. the house wall. The garage isn't heated. And okay. the leaves are really, really green. Should I be cutting them back or just, I haven't been no, watering let them, them just at all. dry out. Yeah, just stop watering them and let them just kind of dry out. Let them download back into the bulb. Okay. And then once it dries totally out, you can just cut off all the foliage and 
you can a lot of people have, i've seen people some if it stays just in that pot you might have good luck so maybe if you wanted to take out two or three of them try taking them out and then store them in uh like in a cooler of some sort let them dry totally out or or and try a couple just leave them in the pots and see which one does better but i think either way um you're probably going to do okay so if they're in because they're in fairly big pots you said already yes yes yeah, if, yeah and I if they're in the garage and he did the pot this year they're yeah. very root bound though yeah so maybe maybe pull them out then and let let the bulbs dry up and you can separate them a bit then put them all into a a cooler and then just cover them with dry cocoa moss or dry peat moss or a really dry potting soil Great. just so okay. to store them for winter and put them in uh like you said the coolest darkest place you kind of got without going like below minus five and then you should be good good thank you all very right. much all right good luck with that let us know how that goes next spring okay and uh yeah because okay. it's always interesting because you get as you do it years and years i used to do these uh dahlia bulbs and man after like five years the dahlias were just huge the dinner plate and then you just get these massive blooms. So it's it's kind of fun when you can uh, save them and get the bulbs growing nice and big. So, Right. All right. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sylvia. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right. And, again, if you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Yeah, okay. And we have – what's the first one we got there, Renee? All right, let's go to Louise. Good morning, Louise. Good morning, Merle. Uh, I have some black-eyed Susans. I received them in the mail from the Wildlife Federation. Now, I I live in an apartment building, so all I've got is the raised planters. I got one, the big raised planter, and then one is just about a foot off the uh, floor. Now. Will these grow? Because you told me bulbs won't plant, won't grow in the raised planter, so I'm not bothering with them. But these seeds, I'm wondering. It says to put them in a cup of sand and then spread them out. Will they grow? I don't want to waste the seeds what, by not. What cutting. type of seed? Like there's so many black-eyed Susan. So that's like there's the Thunbergia is called black-eyed Susan. Then there's quite a few perennials. Like there's one, and when you get it, into the common name, it's there's a perennial. And okay. it's a Rudbeckia herma. Rudbeckia. Okay, yeah. I'll let Terry take this one. Yeah, so you're just wondering about the right time of year to start that? I know it, it says in, with the, it has to have the frost, so it said now. Right, so yeah, um, they just want that period of cooling. I, I think you're early on that. I would probably wait until um, late winter, early spring and then start those up. So for right now, I would just keep those seeds um, in a Ziploc bag. You could put them in the um, in the fridge, in, in the crisper. And well, they're still in the packages. Yeah, so just store them in a cool, dry place, uh, and I'd probably start those up late winter, early spring at this point. Oh, but can I do them in the planter? Um, Will they grow? You could. Generally, when you start seeds like that, you know, they're going to be um, probably uh, a year or two before you're, um, you're seeing a, a decent-sized flowering plant. Oh, so it would be an okay. investment in some time. Okay. And I have another question on roses. Okay. Okay. 
I have three rose bushes in pots, red, white, and yellow. The others have done good. Uh, the red and the white have done great all summer, but the yellow one is kind of lagged behind. I had flowers on it once until now. It's full of buds right now. And now that the weather's going to turn colder, I'm afraid they won't bloom. Uh, is it? We have a large solarium off of our patio. I'm up on the 18th floor of the building. And uh, should I bring them into the solarium or... Because I'd like to see those roses bloom. How attached are you to the plant? Because <laughs> that rose bush will need a period of dormancy. So if you do bring it in and you allow it to to flower, um, if that takes a month and you're you're pushing towards the end of November, December, and then you mm -hmm. push that outside again, it probably isn't going to make it. So. If you want to oh, see I don't really, I don't really expect it to make it because I, I always end up buying new roses every year, because right. like Merle said, they don't do good in the solarium. But I just want these to bloom. Yeah. After they bloom, it can do what it wants. But okay. I would just right. like, and I think it'll be too cold outside, won't it? Yeah, it will be. So you can, I would bring it in uh, and okay. put it in the brightest spot you have. Yeah, the, we have some spots where the sun just comes right in. Yeah, nope, that'd be perfect. So that will be good. Okay, today yep. it's going inside because it's loaded with buds, and this is the first all year for this one plant. So, yes, well, guys, thank you for your help. Okay. Yeah, bring it in and enjoy it, and then whoever else yes. gets to go to the solarium can enjoy it as well. <laughs> exactly. Okay, right. thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, we got to take a break. And if you'd like to join us after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text line. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we do have a full born board at this moment. But uh, as we go through them, please, uh, if you want to give us a shout, they will open up, 403-974-8255, but they are wide open for texts. And uh, got one quick text, Terry. Hi, Merle. My grape hyacinths are coming up again. What can I do to stop them or reverse them? I don't think there's much you can do, but Mother Nature is going to help with that in uh, about 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts on that? How much she, you can knows, do, is there? she knows exactly what to do. Um, yeah, actually, um, funny enough, I, I noticed some some spring bulbs um, shooting up already uh, in my garden last night. <clears throat> and just leave them. Yep, there's nothing that you can do or reverse that. Um, they'll they'll be just fine. Okay. Yeah, they'll just go back down, and uh, this cold weather will uh, get them back going into the ground, and. Uh, and uh, come back again when they should next spring. So, but let's go. We're going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Bell. Good morning, Bell. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How can we help you? I I sent you. A, I texted you a picture of the beautiful red poppies blooming in my backyard. Yeah, I seen that. Beautiful. And uh, they didn't even come up until September, and they've got great big green pods of seeds and I was wondering I, I know they're not going to make it to be the dried out poppy seed pods um, can I cut them green and 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 plant them or save them in a way that they'll come up next spring I, I would 
think so, but hey, Terry, what can you do? I just want to make a quick comment. I noticed the, um, I was driving along Searcy Trail right by, um, it's by West Hills. There's a park there and it's the, it's the hill where the, it was from the military way back in the day where the letters on the side of the hill that, so they could see it from the airplane. And, uh, in the, in the field, they have a whole bunch of poppies planted. And so it must be the true poppies um, from Flanders Field because they're kind of blooming close to this November. So it, 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 I'd love to get some of those as well. But um, Terry, what about collecting the seeds? Yeah, it's probably going to be too late for those seeds to uh, mature at this point because usually you try to leave them on the plant as long as possible um, and letting the plant put its energy into that seed production. So if they're still green right now and you cut them, there just might not be enough there for them to um, to build that seed, if that makes sense. Okay, I'll just leave them then and let nature take its course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and so these, and they haven't bloomed all summer? And these uh, are no, just a perennial? No, they just came up in September, and they just oh, started wow. blooming in October. Oh, wow. That must be similar, because i seen them, like I said, I was driving along there, and they had... And there is there's a whole batch of red flowers. I'm wondering what are those. And then I got a closer look, and they were poppies. So it was uh, very int very intriguing. So, anyways. Yep. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bell. Bye, bye bye. Do we get those ones in, Terry? Yeah, we do actually. I um um I I got a package in the spring. Uh, it's uh, from West Coast. It's Flanders poppy. Uh, and it's one of the ones that I tried in the milk jugs. Okay. And uh, it was germinated quite well. Um, I planted it out in the garden. And it just kind of sat there for the most part. It, it produced a, a, a few blooms. Um, but I was out there last night, and there was one single red poppy in bloom. Uh, and if you look at the plant, there's probably a dozen or more um, blooms at the ready uh, to go. So it was, it was quite interesting to, to, to see um, that you know, blooming it this late in the year. So there must be something about that Flanders poppy that, you know, um, is, a, is a late bloomer. But, yeah, we can grow it. Yeah, so um, if anybody gets, if you have a chance, it's just on the east side and to the north of West Hills, not that far, about a half a block. If you're driving along Sarcy Trail, um, if you look off to the, to the west there, um, you'll see a big area of these blooming poppies wouldn't that be awesome if if we weren't going to get the cold if they could last till remembrance day that would be that would be something to have actually blooming poppies on remembrance day in in calgary so that would be uh but I well don't i've got think, i've well, got one in my yard it's just got to hang on for a couple more weeks so <laughs> all right we'll cover it up then terry yeah. so that way you sure. can you can uh yeah get uh get a styrofoam cooler over top of it and uh, preserve it. Let it. Let yeah, I'll try and get those to up. pull through till uh, till November. All right, I'm going to hold you to it, Terry. Okay. And then we'll all come pictures. to your house on Remembrance Day. I got a picture Day. of the one. <laughs> all right, and then we're all coming to your house on Remembrance Day. We can be around a true <laughs> poppy on Remembrance Day. That would be uh, that would be very Cal nice. Calgary but grown Flanders poppy. Yeah. There you go. Awesome. All right, let's go. Where are we at for time? We got time. We're going to go to Maria. Good morning, Maria. All right, Maria has left the building. Let's go to <laughs> Kathleen. Good morning, Kathleen. Good 
Thank you for taking my call. Of um, I had a question. I'm looking for uh, evergreen that I can plant in my backyard where the alley okay. is in my yard. But okay. I want something that's going to be compact. And I did see a evergreen. It looks like a Colorado blue spruce. Yeah. And it's got, it's got to be about 40 feet high, and it's skinny. Yeah, that's a fastigata spruce, like or to call them their blue spruce. Also, the back rise are a little bit skinny, but it's probably if it's that tall and, and fairly skinny, like under 10 feet wide, 10, 15 feet wide at the most. Yes, it is. It's really neat tree. I thought they were pruning it all these years, but apparently it's not. Nope. Yeah, no, they just go straight up. That's a, that's, it's fast to gather or call them their blue spruce. How and, fast do they uh, grow? Yeah, not very quick. So they, once they get rooted in, they take off pretty good, but you kind of get a foot a year sort of tops. And that's after the first two years of rooting in and get going. They get six, eight inches the first couple of years. And then after that, you'll probably get um, at the max a foot, I would say. Fair that's good. Yeah. And I got one more question. What do you know about the blue meringue tree? Oh, the blue meringue. It's, it's, I've seen some of them do phenomenal. Um, and and some that not so great, like, like one of my neighbors and they had them on the east side of their house, um, came back and did wonderful. Um, I think Terry has a bit more experience. And the blue meringue, just so everybody knows, it's a, it's a lilac that blooms in the spring and then blooms again about August. So what's your, what's your thoughts on those, Terry? Yeah, I, I do know them to do uh, quite well here. They can take a couple of years to get going. Uh, I don't have any in my own yard. But I uh, have talked to or have spoken to a lot of people that um, that do grow them and have quite a bit of success with them. So just the, the, the first flush is going to be your best. Um, and then the repeated flowering is, is not as great as that first one in the yeah, spring. Yeah, it's a little more sparse. Yeah. yeah. So. Super, thank you. All right, thank you so much. Take care. Thanks, Kathleen. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, Emerald Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper as well. <clears throat> and got a quick text and just asking um, if we can speak a little bit about perennials. Um, Terry just uh, did a quick reply, but it's also a good one. Um, I'm a bit more on the procrastination gardening at the most most part at this time of year. I like to leave everything, let everything die back, kind of blow your leaves into the shrub beds and uh, just help create that extra protection, um, get the leaves off of the grass. If there's some that are really long and leggy, hanging over and just kind of looking rotten, um, you can clean them up. But for the most part, I like to let everything just die back upon itself. And that's just let Mother Nature do its thing, like let it winter, let it die back and... I am doing an experiment, not on purpose, but with a hydrangea. Um, I mentioned to my wife, hey, there's some beautiful blooms still on there. Maybe she likes to dry flowers and stuff. So she went, I said, just take a couple off each one. Um, but she took them all off of one. So <laughs> the first one in the row <laughs> got a pretty pretty heavy-duty haircut. And <laughs> so anyways, I said, okay, I'm going to make the best of a, of this. I'm going to say, okay, this is an experiment. We'll see. A heavy pruning in the fall, what will happen to this topiar hydrangea rather than leaving all of the blooms on a topiar hydrangea? So stay tuned till next May, 
and uh, and we'll see what uh, what happens with the hydrangeas. Yeah, I've had very good luck with those. So um, with hydrangeas that have been topiered or grafted up to grow into a tree, like so. Um, I, so I'm curious to see how it happens because I know a lot of people love to tidy up and make everything nice and tidy um, for fall. But <clears throat> my thought is that just it opens up. So now if it does any frost kill. It's there's not there's a lot less of it to frost kill, so now it's going to go after the main part of your plant. So um, we will see what happens here um, this this winter and, and uh, fall and winter until next spring when those hydrangeas come back up. But uh, we'll go from there. Let's go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Jane. Good morning, Jane. Good morning. Thank you very much. Uh, my question is about sweet potato tubers. I've got a whole lot of them when I emptied my pots. Is there a way to um, start those up to grow my own potato, sweet potato vines in the spring? What do I um, do with them over the winter? Yeah, I'm not. You'd have to be able to store them really like tight, like. Uh, and I, I wouldn't know how to store those. If anybody knows, if you don't like storing potatoes for that long, so trying to find that perfect climate without getting them to rot and too cold or too hot. Um, so is a fridge better or is a cold room better? I store potato seeds and plant them every year. And how do you store them? Uh, same as in a cold room, just in a, yeah, in a paper bag in a, in a cold exact, room I've got in the basement. I would, if I was doing that and if I had that, um, um, amenity available to me, I would do exactly what you're doing with those potatoes. Okay. And then what, when would you tuber. say I would start putting them into pots to, I want to put them in the ground, of course, I mean in a pot, I of course, start to go into early, planters. Early, early April, something like that. Okay. Yeah. I was just funny. I was just, I just seen a thing came up on, uh, on my, on my Google thing, just about how, how much, how many more tubers that's so weird that you just text or called about it. Um, it. And how many more tubers they get, they use these grow bags or similar to what you're growing in grow pots. And you're just saying you have lots and lots of tubers. Yeah. But similar to them. I, and I think that just, they prefer a warmer soil where some of our, our natural potatoes, sometimes they do like the ground. They like it a little bit rougher. But I think the the sweet potatoes, they like it a little bit more of the, of the soilless mix type thing and they do really well in grow bags or grow pots mm, i was going to put them on windowsills in inside the garage which is heated um and start them like that and then put them out into my pots like in may i'm yeah. wondering is early enough april yeah, early enough? April's, yeah that's because you don't want to start too early it's going to get leggy on you too so and once they get going they actually grow quite quick and with the vine they're hard to transport you know so yeah. I think I would like to just get them growing at a good size where you have a good head start and then get them into that, uh, into your pot in the good sunny location. Then you'll be totally fine. Mm -hmm. will, I, will I fertilize them once I start them up in the spring? I would. I would use like a 15-30-15 or something like that. I'm sorry, say again the number. 15-30-15. Just some of the high middle number. So not, not Rage Plus, eh? No, you could use Rage Plus as well. And I'm trying, Sheldon is going to be coming on in a week or two. Um, and he's the guy who created the, the Rage Plus. Um, it, it works on it, it's more feeding the soil. So it doesn't necessarily work on the numbers, but a Rage Plus gets plants doing what they should do. 
it doesn't have some of the trace elements, but absolutely, it would be great for um, for that as well. If you can, if you run through when I use Rage and when I use ordinary fertilizer, because I understand we don't use them intermixed like together. That's correct. I, I think a lot of people have really good luck just using Rage Plus, and if you if you're using that, um, and with continued luck, and and not luck, but with good results. I, it, it's fine. I like like on some of the blooming things. I'm like I'm a a grower where I always use like the trace element type fertilizer. So like the 20, 20, 20, 15, 30, 15. So in my head, I have a hard time transitioning into a rage grower. So I I like to use my 15, 30, 15 in all my baskets and my planters and things like that. Whenever I do organics or food. A lot of times I'll go to Rage Plus and things like right. that. So okay, yeah. okay, uh, yeah. It was my thinking that Rage Plus doesn't have quite enough of the of the nutrients for uh, heavy foliage plants or for flowering plants or even house plants that are. Yeah, it, it does though, and some of it, like I've seen some beautiful results, and especially plants that aren't doing well, yeah. like birch trees that when they get that they die back on the top half. Like, it's amazing what Rage Plus can do for a birch tree. Thank and, Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, I do that for outside. Okay, I have a, another quick question, if I may. Um, okay. I have a Myers lemon. Okay. I talked to someone from your store the other day because it's got little yellow speckles on the leaves, so I've treated it for spider mites, even though I can't see anything. Now, after I wash it down, do I put Rage Plus on it? Do I put nothing else on it? What do I do um, now? That and that's another one. Uh, they do like a little bit more acidic, so I would give it a shot, even of the thirty ten ten. Okay. It does like that a little bit more acidic, higher nitrogen to get going, and then after you go for a while, if you want to switch to more of an organic with the Rage Plus, if it if it's not healthy looking, but for the most part, the the, the lemons respond very well to the thirty ten ten. Okay. Appreciate your help. All right. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, and we're gonna take a quick break. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we got you covered here on some gardening questions. We're going to go to... Maria, she has joined us again. Good morning, Maria. Good morning. I was up at the Botanical Gardens of Silver Springs and noticed that they clipped all the tips off the irises. They didn't cut them right back to the ground, left a few inches of, of leaf. I'm wondering, is that a good idea? Um, Terry, what's your thoughts? For irises, I don't. I generally just <clears throat> leave them maybe if the plant is really large and you've got a lot of foliage but usually that's one that yeah i just let um all the energy from those leaves just go back into the to the uh, crown of that plant so yeah marie i think it was probably just a case of somebody just really wanting to do something right and that's <laughs> we we get a lot of that right because you I, I got it or you read and most of the books we read all say to cut back because there's not a lot of books like that are just for our area so you see that or you're watching on youtube everybody's cutting everything back at this time of year and we feel we need to do something so i think that is just a case of 
someone with an OCD, which is great. Go out and <laughs> just want to cut them off. So I have another I, question. I, of, yeah. May I? Yeah, of course. I have a tea rose, and it's still outside. I imagine if I want to bring it inside, I should probably change the soil and put it somewhere not very bright, let it go dormant, as Terry was saying earlier. Yeah. Terry, what would you do with a tea rose? Yeah, even tea roses. Like, most tea roses are, are hardy at about zone 5 and beyond. So we're, we're outside of that, so we have to consider them as annuals here. Um, if you do bring it in, it's not going to get that period of cold. Like, even, you know, zone 5, you know, um, they do get um, a period of cold uh, and enough cold, and it's consistently cold days uh, in a row. Uh, actually goes by hours. So most plants, you know, um, needing that dormancy are into the hundreds of hours of um, of coolness. So if you've got some blooms on it, um, like the previous caller, and you want to still see those blooms come through this year, uh, bring it in. But otherwise, uh, if you want to try and winter it over, I'd keep it outside so it gets that dormancy. Okay. It will, it will need some protection, though, if you do it outside. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, I've successfully transplanted my lacy French lavender into a sheltered spot, and I've got the leaves, but its blooms are still pretty. Shall I wait till the, the blooms brown and then cover it up with leaves, or, or put leaves on now? Uh, I would probably just let it go right now. I wouldn't put the leaves on it just yet. Um, I find lavender in Calgary to, to, to winter that over best. Um, as soon as we get snow, if you can get snow on that plant and keep snow on that plant, so so there's snow farm throughout the, the the year. If we do get some chinooks and we, you know, we lose some of that snow, try and keep snow on that plant to inflate the crown of that plant for best results of getting lavender to winter over here. And pine boughs was a suggestion you made on a different show. Should I still do that as well? Yeah, pine boughs just help to trap snow in and around the crown of the plant. Oh, okay. Yep. Thank you very much. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks, Maria. All right. And let's go to Alan. Good morning, Alan. Hey, good morning. Hey. How can we help you? Uh, so a question regarding a lawn. Um, the lawn in question has gotten rather let's call it clumpy so you have little clumps of grass with low indented areas um, around each one of these clumps so that the rooting system in my eyes is not spreading out equally across the yard okay you understand what I'm trying to say yeah yeah it's not, you could have is it kind of like lumpy or is it holes well, it's uh, it's like a clump of grass surrounded by an empty spot, basically. So it's, oh, it's, okay. it's uneven, and it's not dewworms because there's no real soil that's being pushed up anywhere. It's uh, um, it's just like uh, I don't know how to describe it actually. More yeah, I know what you mean. You got more tufts of grass. Tufts, yes, that's good. Yeah, thing. growing in little spots. Right. Yeah. So what I would do is just give that a really good power rake in the spring. Yep. and top dress it with a little bit of garden loam or loam and then just overseed it all. Okay. Like, do a fairly heavy overseeding 
Yep. And uh, put the, the greened up lawn fertilizer on there as well. Using and, that. Yeah, and that should definitely help. And th this is a case where, like, I would rent a power raker or get one of the guys to do the power raking so it gets in and it actually tears the roots up a bit in the spring. Because okay. then that helps separate and break up any of the other soil. And, and the grass that is healthy, it'll cut the roots and that makes it grow more grass. Okay. Yep. All right. Understood. Okay. Would you recommend putting any kind of sandy kind of stuff in there or at um, all? You could. I, I probably wouldn't. Sometimes the sand that we have, unless you get the sharp sand, sometimes yep. causes it worse because it. All of our, all of our s sand is used for cement that we get, and right. it's not a wash sand. So if you get a good wash sand, that's fine. But anything with the fines, you got to watch. If you add it into your soil, it actually makes it harder, almost like concrete. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Alrighty. I think um, just use a good garden soil, a, a good power rake, and then the top dress with a really good overseed. I I think you should be great. Oh, okay. Thank you. All right. All right. Yep. Let me know how that goes next spring. Yeah, will do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back, Let's Talk Gardening, and a quick addition to the the last caller with the grass. And and, and I was thinking about mentioning, but it's a good one to add as well, is to do an aeration and uh, before you do the the top dressing. So the power rake, then do a, a core aeration and where it pulls the plugs out. Just ensure that the grass is... Is make sure you've watered it really quite well before you do the aeration, so that way it's able to pull good cores out, and uh, and then follow the procedure of the top dressing fertilizer, and uh, and then the grass seed over top, and uh, and then it should get going quite quickly, and you should have a nice looking lawn in no time. So let's go to the phone line. We're going to go to Jerry. Good morning, Jerry. Hi, Merle. Out in the garden and thinking my. <laughs> My pansies are really beautiful, but they're in pots. Yeah. Is it worth transplanting them? Is there any hope, or is it just better to come buy ones next year? Yeah, well, you can try if you have somewhere to keep them in the in the greenhouse. But they do get leggy over the winter. Like they, like they only have a so certain lifespan. So you could try and cut them back and do that. But oh, I would the just. The deer ate them back. That's why they look so nice now because yeah. all the new growth is coming up, and they're tiny and beautiful. So easy to transplant. Yeah, so if you have a spot time. to keep them. Yeah, if you have a spot to keep them, but they're going to go through this minus five and that, so you, you, you might still, then it looks like it's going to get nice for again. So I know, it'll but be is interested. it worth putting them in the ground is what I'm wondering, or oh, do they only have a year would, or two Yeah, anyway? they only have a year. Yeah, they only have a year anyway. Oh, yeah, so. no, okay, so then I don't want to waste my time. No, and no. the apple trees that I did from seed a couple of years ago, the pink ladies are growing quite well. So I've just put as I did last year, like you said, the tomato cages and then some wire and then just fill them up with leaves so that they're warm. Yep. And oh. are you getting any, um, like, blooms on them yet? No. No, they're only, a, like, planted them last summer by seed. I brought them up. So, no, they're probably only two feet high maybe. Okay, so my thought on this is to, I don't know if you'll ever get blooms on them. I know I hear people growing, but typically most of the, the hardy apples that are producing fruit here are always grafted onto a hardy rootstock. Okay. Uh, 
So, what, what, Terry, what are your thoughts on that, growing the apple from seed? Yeah, it, it's probably not going to come true to the okay. original apple. You'll, okay. you'll still get a plant out of it, but yeah, okay. um, probably just, yeah, not the original. Well, I do have a, two giant apple trees that I don't take care of well. I cut them back, and mind you, this year they came back really well, but the bears got them before I got them. So I had my eyes on them, had my eyes on them, should have picked them, came out, and they're all gone, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Along with everything else, there's a grizzly just down the side of the road too, eating a, a calf. So yeah, they're they're here and they're hungry and they've pretty much eaten everything that they can get their hands on. Yeah, they got to get ready for sleep. Oh, I should have got them done. But anyways, they enjoyed right. them. And it's amazing Thanks. they don't break any branches. Well, that's good. Yeah. No, they know they know where their food comes from. They know. They want to come back it. next year. Yeah. Oh, they come back every year. Yeah, they're here. <laughs> anyway, right. thanks. thanks I won't waste my time today. I'll just enjoy what I have. Enjoy. Yeah. Thank you thanks. so much. Bye bye. All right, let's go to uh, Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Merle. I was wondering, I about monkshood. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. Um, with, with, I read somewhere that. They're, they can be irritant and stuff, so should that, should the leaves go into the green bin or the black bin? I, I think they can go into the green bin. I think they'll be fine if you want. But if you want to leave your perennial, just die back, though, and then do a cleanup in the fall, or I mean in the spring. spring. Yeah. I, I wouldn't worry. Any thoughts on that, Terry, on those monks' head? I haven't yeah, heard that before. They'll be just fine. I, I leave mine go through the winter. Um, I don't touch them at all till the spring. Okay, and um, what about roses? I've got Morden roses in Winnipeg Park, and and with your fertilizer, I put that on my flower beds, and they yep. grew to about five six feet. So, I should leave those too. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Don't touch those. Okay, and then I'll trim them in the springtime. In the springtime, absolutely. Do any thinning out, um, get them nice and like even in the spring, and then away you go. Okay, and your fertilizer was great. I put That's it on great. everything. Yeah, no, it, it's a great balance for for perennials and shrub beds and, and yeah. your grass as well. So awesome. That's Thanks. great. Glad that worked out. Thank you very Thanks. much. Thanks, Leslie. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, unfortunately, we won't be able to get to Marlene. And uh, anyways, um, so thanks, Terry, for uh, helping out again today. Right. It was great. Lots of great questions. And if we get enough snow, get out and do a little snow farming the next couple of days. If you're shoveling, you might as well do something useful and maybe put it where they need it. And uh, yeah, make make a make a task of it. Get out and enjoy it. And uh, we'll be getting our garden on right here next week on QR Calgary. <laughs>